0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Aztecs Hoopla podcast, the latest edition. I'm the sports editor of the Union Tribune, Jay Posner. I'm joined, as always, by our Aztecs basketball beat writer, Mark Ziegler. And, Mark, we have an unusual podcast today because, not that we've been doing this (laughs) a long time, but uh, we do have to talk about a loss for the first time in almost a year if we'd been doing the podcast that long. But the last loss was the Mountain West Tournament final last March, right, against Utah State, which kept them out of the tournament. This loss will, of course, do no such thing. Ends their bid at some history. They were trying to be the first unbeaten team in Mountain West history, obviously the first unbeaten team in school history. But it all came crashing down on Saturday night against UNLV, a 15-point underdog, although that seemed to be a little high based on how they had played the first game. But it was here. And how surprised were you by what you watched on Saturday?
1: Well, you know, it's funny because we kept talking about, okay, which is the game that's going to be the one that ends the, the streak, if, if if indeed it does end. And, you know, this would probably be last on the list of all the games remaining because it was the, the lowest rated team. It's a team that, you know, it's, some people consider a rivalry. I think there's a little bit of a rivalry there with UNLV uh, through the years, and but it's been really one-sided in the last few years. And San Diego State had won 16 of 17 in the last four at B.S. Arena. They won by an average of 26 points. Like you said, a 15-point underdog. So I think from just the, the the fact they lost, I don't think people can be surprised. It's, it's college basketball. It's a year of unprecedented parity. Uh, for a team to go this far through the season, I don't care what conference you're in, particularly in a conference where no one has ever gone undefeated, You know, was an incredible accomplishment. But you had to also expect that sooner or later the numbers are just going to catch up to them. But that said, I don't think a lot of people thought it would be this game.
0: And it seemed like a a little bit of a strange game, just in the sense the Aztecs did some things that they haven't been doing. I mean, they allowed a, a lot of successful three pointers, at least in the first half. They didn't shoot well, pretty much for most of the uh, for most of the game was there anything that you could put your finger on for why you know we might have seen that or was it just simply hey they were 26 and 0 and you know like you said it the 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 odds of going undefeated for a whole, an entire season you know it just didn't seem likely uh, for anybody to pull that off
1: i think it's a little bit of both i mean you have to look at the, there's two sides of it there's the there's the strategic tactical side of it was was you know we doing something that that you know, that the senior state hadn't seen and that bothered them and and yeah in that sense yes they you know the other teams had tried this but they weren't doubling the post with Yanni Wetzel they had a smaller lineup in there they have done this for the last couple of weeks with basically four guards and a kind of a small forward who shoots threes and and they just went up and down and shot threes and you know just figured well we're fourteen and fourteen but what does it matter now we might as well give it a shot. And, we get hot and we get some confidence, we can get going. And so they, you know, we hadn't seen that before the, uh, and then when they try to put Matt Mitchell in the post um, against a smaller guy, they did double team that. So that was a little bit of a wrinkle there. They stay connected to the shooters and and just kind of try to stay in front of them and say, you know, we'll give you shots, but they're going to be contested. So, there was some tactical stuff I think that bothered them, but I also think there were just a lot of external things where, you know, it's easy in hindsight to say, Oh yeah, I can, now you can look back and say, we could see this coming. I mean, at the time you'd never see it coming, but uh, you know, they had a very bad practice Friday. They had to share the jam center just because of a scheduling quirk and a Miranda Lambert country concert in VS arena with, with the women's team. Uh, you know, normally the women's team is on the away game when you're at home and vice versa, they're opposite you. And, and in almost every instance, they're gone by noon, ten in the morning. In a lot of cases, because of the time change and getting flights, but because it's Vegas, there's a ton of flights. They were still in town at at two o'clock in the afternoon, and it's very rare for that to happen. But they were there on a Friday, and they were practicing, and they had right to half the court, and they put the screen down, and it was a horrible, horrible environment. We couldn't hear anything, and you know what is usually a very uh, focused environment and and very much closed in. It's just the team and a couple other people became something different, and I think that affected them a little bit. People talked about the banner. I don't think that raising the banner was that big of a deal, um, but there were just a lot of things. The twenty six and zero, maybe get a little complacent after that win against Boise State, having a week off or most of a week off. I think all those things just kind of contributed to the tactical stuff as well.
0: And you mentioned the banner that Aztec took. They took the unusual step for those who weren't paying attention for for putting up the championship banner which normally gets done the next season usually the first game of the next season the school chose to do it on Saturday because they could basically i mean the, the it was wrapped <laughs> it was wrapped up and 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 you know they decided that the the couple the, the seniors would be able to enjoy it if they did it now so they kind of an unusual thing that they that they did i i don't necessarily buy into the idea that that like made Vegas more more fired up I know you said uh, we talked and I know you said on another uh, on a radio show that you know look if, if Vegas couldn't get fired up coming into play the number four team in the country they've got they've got big problems I'm not a big believer in bulletin board type stuff but I I do wonder if it did sort of distract you know the Aztecs a little bit and and uh, you had a thought when we when we talked yesterday on if they did want to do it this season they should have done it Tuesday night on on Senior Night. Why why do you think that would have been better?
1: Well, I think th- what happens on Senior Night is you you do your um, you know your warm ups and then the visiting team uh, goes back into the locker room and then you have your Senior Night ceremony and then they come back out so they're not sitting out there for six or eight minutes watching all your seniors get plaques and just sitting around and the lights are out and all that thing. So they're not there. So why couldn't you just do the banner then, and I asked that question today to a couple of people at San Diego State, and the answer I got was, you know, we did consider that, but uh, we've gotten some pushback from TV in the last few years that our senior nights go too long, and you know, the TV doesn't want to have
0: uh, a, a later tip. Neither neither do we, for that matter.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Eight o'clock is late <laughs> enough. <laughs> But you know, the banner ceremony lasted literally like thirty seconds. Yeah, it was I mean really, really short. I was
0: gonna say it doesn't seem like you know, so you start the ceremony one minute earlier, it doesn't seem like it would take uh like right. it would take that much time.
1: Well, there was one other concern too, is that they go a little bit too long, then then the referees or the other coach says, Hey, we're too cold. We need to warm up again. And then you uh-huh. gotta add ten more minutes. But I think, you know, maybe they could have just said, let's cut the speeches a little bit shorter and done it. And in hindsight, that might have been a better idea. You know, one thing I've been a little critical of is, is you know, look, you have a 26-0 and season. You have a – this is a once-in-a-lifetime type season, you think. And you want to capitalize it and celebrate it as as much as possible. And But I just think sometimes in the marketing standpoint, they, they've they gone a little bit too far this year that – you know, they know the players don't like playing in red uniforms. They're super superstitious, and they had them wear them against San Jose State. They almost lost. They had them wear them again against Nevada. They almost, you know, they they played poorly. They didn't almost lose, but they played poorly in that game for a half. Uh, they brought Kawhi in in a huge game against Utah State, and right. he made a grand entrance. <clears throat> and Utah State promptly went on a 14-0 run, and Malachi Flynn's jacking up threes. And now they have this banner ceremony. You know, you never know. Maybe they were tempting fate there. But, uh, at, you know, at a certain point, I think you just got to have your team focus and play and, and try to reduce those external things. I don't think it is the reason they lost, but it's it's just one more thing to allow people to gripe about afterwards if you do lose.
0: Right. So let's talk for a minute about what, what this loss means. Obviously, it means nothing in terms of the conference. They've already clinched it. They clinched the number one seed, all that sort of thing. Nationally, from a seeding perspective, it seems like, you know, obviously with Gonzaga losing on Saturday night, this might have, you know, if they would have won, it would have kept put them in the pole position for getting the number one seed in the West, which is, you know, their preferred destination. But in terms of getting a number one seed, as, as you wrote today, if the season ended today, they would still be a number one seed. Of course, the season doesn't end today. doesn't end for another uh, two or three weeks. And there's a lot of games still to be played. But as things stand now, you think they're still on track if, especially if they win out, they'll be a number one seed somewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously the only t- people who know are the ten people in the room with, with the selection committee and they can do whatever they want, basically. <laughs> but if we go by what they told us two weeks ago when they when they unveiled their top 16 projected teams and, and they put them in seed lines and San Diego State was in a seed line, they said, look, it was very, very close between Gonzaga and San Diego State for the top team in the West and who would have the right to go to the Western Regional and Staples Center in Los Angeles. But when you went From the fourth team, which was San Diego State, down to the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, there was a big gap. It was clearly a line of demarcation. They were clearly a top four team, four teams. And they went out of their way to say that many times. And Mm -hmm. what that leads me to believe is that these four teams are so far ahead of the others that it was more than just one loss. If if it's close, then they say, well, it's close. Then, you know, if you lose a game, now you can drop down. I think all four of those teams could absorb a loss. Now, the question is, you know, Baylor took a loss, but they they lost to what was in the number three team in the country in Kansas. And Gonzaga took a loss, but it was on the road in altitude at, you know, number uh, 22 BYU, or number, I think now number 18 BYU.
0: And then they're actually even high in the net metric. I think they're up to 14, so even yeah. uh,
1: even higher. Yeah, so it's, a, you know, it's not a, a game that they, you know, maybe even statistically they weren't even favored in. Now, San Diego State lost at home to a team in the 120s in the net. So uh, it's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. I think because those teams behind them have all been beaten up on each other or losing, Duke uh, lost to an unranked team, Louisville lost to an unranked team, Florida State and Louisville play tonight, uh, as a matter of fact, and, and one of them will lose. Those teams you know, haven't been able to make that jump to get on the one seed line. The one team that's getting closer is Dayton, and Dayton has a very, very similar resume to San Diego State in major conference did some good work early but Dayton has two losses and San Diego State has one and if you look at it just from strictly that standpoint I think San Diego State is still ahead of them but maybe they're not they're not in the polls right now but I don't think the polls really matter as you pointed out it's just yeah. the 10 guys in the room and this is what they said before so going by what they said I still think they're a number one seed as we stand right now but the big question is uh, you know are they going to still be uh, a one-loss team when we get to selection Sunday
0: Right. I mean, we've got, uh, so we'll start to look forward now. We've got uh, two more regular season games left this week. The season's ending earlier than I can ever remember on the last day of February. But Colorado State is here on Tuesday night for the senior night. And then the Aztecs go up to Reno and play Nevada on uh, Saturday evening. A game will be on ESPN2 at at 5 o'clock or, as I tweeted today, whenever Northern Iowa and Drake... Uh, finish playing what will inevitably be a four overtime game just to keep people from <laughs> from watching the Aztecs like what happened the other night. So uh, and seems to happen quite a bit actually in college basketball. And then the Aztecs go to Vegas uh, next week for the Mountain West tournament. The ideal scenario for them obviously is to play three games in three days. And I noticed they moved the final up another half hour. Uh, I think it's at two thirty now on that Saturday, which which makes the turnaround from Friday night. Uh, even more ridiculous that, that they're asking these uh, players to do. But it will hurt their, the Aztecs' opponent more if the Aztecs advance since the uh, yes. Aztecs will play the early game on, uh, on Friday. So that's five potential games that are left. Uh, got plenty of time to, to talk about some of those, but let's talk about tomorrow night and, uh, and Colorado State. The Aztecs opened the conference season at Colorado State uh, what what do you remember about that game and, and what can you tell us about Colorado State as they come in here to, uh, on Tuesday night?
1: Well, that game was uh, basically two games, uh, a, a 33-minute game and a 7-minute game. And the 33-minute game was tied, uh, and it was a very even game. And the 7-minute game, the Aztecs won by 20. <laughs> uh, they they uh, and, and, and it was the first sign, and they're in altitude, and it was the first sign that, boy, this team is pretty locked in, and and uh, I had not seen an Aztec team do that, particularly in altitude and in Moby Arena, tough place to play, uh, where they just completely annihilate a team down the stretch uh, because that's when the altitude really starts to take effect on your legs and your lungs, uh, and they just they just start playing like we've seen them play all season, and that was another sort of confidence booster for them. If they could do something like that in a short amount of time. Uh, it was very, very impressive. So that was the first game, and Colorado State uh, had a tough early schedule in the conference and lost a bunch of games. They have a young team, except for Nico Caracho, who is maybe the best big man in the league, the best rebounding big man certainly, uh, and then they have a bunch of freshmen, and a Nico Medved and a second-year coach, but he's really, really instituted his culture and, and, and a system. They have a unique way of, of guarding the post. They run probably more sets than set plays than maybe anybody in the league, uh, and he's got them really rolling, and there was a stretch there in the middle of the conference where outside of San Diego State, they were the best team uh, and they've have kind of petered out a little bit lately, as you'd expect with a lot of freshmen. Maybe their legs are getting a little bit heavy, and the and the wear and tear and the season mentally is getting to them. Uh, but they got blown out at UNLV last weekend, and then their most recent game, or I'm sorry, last week and then their most recent game over the weekend, they they struggled at home. And uh, I guess I believe San Jose State and won. But you know, if you look at some of these metrics, where you could break down the metric in a, in a span of like ten games or a month or whatever you want, however you want to split it. They were at one point like a top 40 team over a 10-game stretch. They were very, very good. I don't think they're that good right now, but hey, if San Diego State lost to UNLV at home, I think all five of these games that you mentioned are in play,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, either on a neutral court, at certainly at Nevada, and, and this game as well. So uh, I think they're going to have to, to play pretty well to win all of them or any of them.
0: And it's a good test to to see, I mean, we've we've seen mentally what this team is like throughout the season, and, and I think we even saw it Saturday. I mean, they, you know, they were down 14 in the second half. They came, got back within seven. They were down 14 again, came back, and, and I think it was still, what, 11 with maybe four or five minutes to go. And, you know, they ended up with, with really two shots, I guess, really one good shot to tie the game. I mean, Malachi Flynn had a three-pointer that missed. I mean, Mitchell's half-court thing wasn't, Really much of a chance, but you know they battled back and they and they had a chance to uh, uh, you know to tie to tie the game and and uh, we'll see. But I was going to say this is kind of a mental test as well to see what happens after their first loss. I mean, this is this is the first time that this team will have played uh, in a in a situation like this, and we've we've seen Colorado State play after losses, and they looking at their schedule, it looks like they've they've bounced back pretty well. Uh, you know, from, from when they have lost, they've, they've come back and they did win the other night. So did you get any sense at practice on Monday or even just in the press conference on Monday of sort of where this team is mentally after the loss?
1: Well, it's really interesting because I, I you know, they're saying the right things. Uh, some guys are a little bit, you know, got their chest puffed out more than others. KJ Fagan just came out and said, they still think we're the best team and and we're a dominant team and, that was a one-off game, and and we're going to show you how real a team we are. We're going to, we're going to be the same dominant team that we've been all season, and you're going to see. We can't wait for Tuesday to get back on the horse and show you. Um, but you know, our practice was okay. I mean, it wasn't their best practice of the year. It wasn't a terrible practice like you know Friday was before UNLV. Um, but I, I I still sense a little bit of a hangover. I mean, that's just human nature when you're in. You know, we got to step back here and look at this. This is we're not in. Uh, in Lawrence, Kansas, or in a small uh, a town in, in the middle of uh, middle America, uh, we're in one of the largest cities in the, in the country. And we have one other professional team. We don't have an NBA team. We don't longer have an NFL team. And as Brian Dutcher said on numerous occasions, this is our NBA team. And so it's not just a university community cheering for it. It's, a, it's, it's really become an entire city. My wife goes Every single game now, they're a watch party to somebody's house with 20 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and one of my friend's uh, daughters makes cookies every single time, a whole tray of cookies <laughs> with what the record's going to be. And they're really elaborately decorated. I mean, people are getting into it and investing a lot of themselves in there, and their sort of sports rooting capital in this team. And so when they lose, I think the players feel that. I mean, I think they know how big a deal this is now. I mean, just being in the arena the last few weeks and feeling the energy in there uh, and the love they get and the passion, uh, they know this is a big deal. And so there's going to be a natural hangover, and it's how quickly they can get through that. Uh, and I think if they have to guard against anything, it's, it's trying too hard uh, to come out and take their aggressions out on, on Carlos State. They, you know, they need just to play well and play like they have. But if they try to be something that they're not or or, like you said, they're in a situation they haven't been in all year, coming off a loss, and if they act differently than they have, they could be in trouble. I mean, we look at look at the four uh, of of the other four uh, of uh, of the five remaining winless teams this year, uh, Of the other four, two of them lost their next game and they got blown out in it. Uh, And so now those are both away from home. And so they have the advantage of being at home, but it, it, it also means that, you know, you can go in a little bit of a tailspin uh, when you're that good and your aura of invincibility is, is pierced, so to speak. Uh, So it'll be really interesting to see, what happens? This is not a, a pushover team they'll be playing. It'll it'll be a, a team that will come in thinking it can win.
0: Right. I think you said winless, you meant unbeaten. But just for so people know, yep. it was oh, <laughs> the the, the, yeah, the last five unbeaten teams this year were Ohio State, Liberty, Duquesne, Auburn, and the Aztecs. And I believe it was uh, Auburn went out and lost. Uh, right. They lost their first game, and then they turned around and lost the second game. And uh, the same thing happened with one, was it Liberty or Duquesne? Duquesne, Duquesne,
1: Duquesne. They both lost by twenty-two in their next game. In the next game, so it, and even Ohio State won their next two, and then they lost four straight.
0: Right, right.
1: And uh, I just added up the, the those four other teams after they lost, after they, you know, after they lost uh, their first game, you know, they were thirty-seven and twenty-four, right. and the rest of the season. And so, I mean, it doesn't mean they're terrible, but it also means they're not these these. Uh, Juggernauts that they were built up to be early in the season, and you know the one thing, and and we talked about this uh, with San Diego State is it, it was great looking at twenty six and zero, but it probably should have been. I'm not sure what the the number was, the ten and ten and one, or whenever they played so, San Diego okay. State. Mm-hmm. I mean that should have been a loss, and and Brian Dutcher said very clearly we deserve to lose that game, and and if it wasn't for a a, a fall away three pointer from twenty eight feet over three defenders. At the buzzer by Malachi Flynn, that was a loss, and so um, it's easy to get caught up in the twenty six and zero. But in reality, this is probably a uh, closer to a you know a twenty four and two team or a twenty five and two team.
0: Right, right. Which obviously is nothing for anybody to uh, be too upset about if that was the case. So, uh, well, anyway, we will uh, come back. We'll watch tomorrow night's game. Uh, I will actually be out there to check this out in person. I haven't been able to do that all season, but planning on on getting out there tomorrow night to see this this team and the senior night festivities and uh, then we will come back in the middle of the week talk about that and set up the final regular season game coming up on saturday so until then everyone have a uh, enjoy tomorrow night's game and we'll talk to you later in the week